Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. If you're feeling a little bit of a letdown after the wrapping paper is all thrown away and you feel like you've survived the marathon of another Christmas season, but you wish you could have made Jesus just a little more central to it all, don't worry. I've got you because I know just what this feels like. I have the perfect thing and it's actually really easy. And I'm going to walk you through how to do it, what I've done in the past, and how you can have this miracle in your life, too, of learning from Jesus as you give a gift to him this next year. It will take all your post-holiday blues away, I promise. Hello, and Merry Christmas, if you're hearing this on Christmas. And if not, don't worry, because actually probably more talking to you than even the person that's listening on Christmas, although this will totally be applicable if you do happen to catch this episode on Christmas Day. So I got this DM a few days ago, and it was from someone who said, Hi, Corinne, I vaguely remember you sharing one time about a relative of yours who was a midwife and was given a blessing and a promise that she would never lose a baby or mother that she worked with. I would love to learn more about her. Her story is so incredible. Do you talk about her on any of your podcast episodes? So I'm going to start with that because her story truly is incredible. And I loved this prompt that someone gave me in my DMs. By the way, if you ever have a question like this that you want Neil and me to cover or just me today, it's just me because Neil is getting over having a cold flu thing. So he is actually already asleep. So it's just me today. And I wanted to share Jane Johnston Black's story because she is the relative that the person in that DM was asking about. And she's so inspiring, incredible. She's always been my favorite pioneer ancestor. And she's actually who we named our first child after. Her middle name, Annabelle Jane, is after Jane Johnston Black. So Jane Johnston Black was one of my pioneer ancestors that crossed the plains. They came from Europe and then crossed the entire American continent, basically from the East coast, all the way to the almost West coast into Utah, uh, by foot with all of her children. And she was a midwife and a nurse. And so she was able to receive this incredible blessing from Brigham Young, who was a leader in our church at the time. And he blessed Jane that if she remained faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that she would never lose a baby or a mother in childbirth. And she reported that she delivered over 3000 babies. And after that blessing, after receiving that blessing, she never lost a mother or a baby, which is so cool. I love so many things about that. I love that she had the faith to believe that that would really happen. I love that she was so willing to give of that gift and her time and her service. It's also recorded that she didn't ever charge people for her services, but they would oftentimes just repay her with like a sack of flour or with some kind of a service or 
goods or a deed in return. And the reason why this story is significant right after Christmas or even on Christmas Day is because I believe that all of us have been given gifts from God and from our Savior Jesus Christ because I believe that all good things come from Jesus Christ. And so one thing that my mom challenged us to do a few years ago, it was after everybody had done you know, the hay in the manger for many years. And after everybody kind of like grew up and moved out of the house, we didn't have that same tradition anymore going like it had been. And it was kind of sad. Like the manger was, you know, looking pretty sparse because nobody lived at home anymore. So she asked us to do this new thing instead and write a letter to Jesus and give a gift to Jesus every year. So we started this, I don't know, at least, let's see, Annie's 11. So it was at least... 10 years ago, if not more. And so every year since then, I have written a letter and given a gift to Jesus. And these gifts have been varied in many different ways. I mean, one year we just, I decided that I was going to share more about the gospel of Jesus Christ and was able to help bring many people to the gospel of Jesus Christ, because I shared about it more that year. And there was a year where I decided to start going to the temple once a week. And that was something that I loved so much that it just became a part of me and I've adopted it into who I am. And I don't make it perfectly every single week, but I really strive for that. And I would say that most weeks I make it to the temple. There's, I can probably count on one hand, the amount of weeks that I missed this year, not including the month that I had Bobby in January when I was recovering. But anyway, so this past year, I was really contemplating. And I want you to know too, that if for any reason you feel a little bit of like a letdown after Christmas is over, and especially I feel like this has happened to be so many years, especially if you're feeling like, oh, I should have done more, not like given more gifts. I rarely as a mom look at all the stuff that I bought my kids and go, man, I should have bought them more stuff. It's usually the opposite. I'm like, oh, I should have bought a few less things. You know, I could have scaled it back. But what I often find myself regretting is not spending more time making it all about Jesus. And we do things like we've been doing an advent calendar where we've read scriptures about Jesus and we've been talking about Jesus and we've done light the world things. And we were just down at the giving machines tonight. So we've done a lot of things, but still year after year, I find myself in a little bit of a letdown of like, oh, I should have done more. And then I remember, wait, I still have my gift to give to Jesus this next year. And so what I've typically done the last at least five years is taken the time from the day after Christmas until New Year's Day to ponder and pray and really try to search for what that gift should be in the new year. So I give myself, you know, at least a week to think about that. And so if you're in that zone where you're feeling like, ah, I should have done just a little bit more to make Jesus the reason for the season, this is the perfect way to still do that. And provide so much meaning, not just to Christmas, but to literally the entire year of 2024. So if we rewind two years ago, or yeah, rewind two years ago, what's funny is the year before last year, I decided that I was going to ask for God to help me to be of good cheer. And that was the gift that I was going to give Jesus. 
And so all of 2022, I was supposed to be of good cheer. And what's funny is I ended up having a second miscarriage that year and, you know, was pretty bummed about that. It was easier than the one before that, but had a second miscarriage. And then when we did finally get pregnant, it was so joyful and so exciting. And then I ended up on bed rest for half of 2022. So the rest of that year from July 23rd until January 5th of 2023. So more than, you know, it trickled into this year. And what's funny about that is every day I had to wake up and go, okay, I'm going to choose what kind of day I'm going to have. Is it going to be a cheerful one or am I going to be just down in the dumps about my situation and being stuck in bed one more day? And so I literally trained myself and learned to wake up and choose a positive mindset every day. And that was, this is the irony of the gift every year is that I'm supposedly giving a gift to Jesus, but really it's just this like tutelage where he trains me to be more like him. And I gain so much from it. It's such an incredible refining process. And some years it's kind of like last year where it's a, oh, okay, you want to learn this? Well, you're going to get a challenge to come along with this lesson. And I'm going to have the challenge be the teacher. So that was it last year. And then this year we were getting ready to do the new Testament study Bible study in our church. And so I was like, okay, my gift to Jesus this year is just going to be to really dive deeply into the gospels and really get to know Jesus and walk with Jesus. Like I really want to get to know his personality. I want to get to know who he is and how he dealt with people and the things that he would say and how he thought, what his thought processes were. And you would think that somebody who has been a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints my entire life, that I would feel like I'd already nailed that. But I honestly, I don't know as a Christian if you can ever perfectly nail that. But I really wanted that to be my focus this year. And here's what happened. It was so surprising, actually, because what I feel like Jesus took me on a journey with was just radical faith and trust, like this radical faith, trust fall exercise of really, really believing that he's in charge. And the phrase that I kept finding in my Bible study and even in my Book of Mormon study, because I read the Book of Mormon every day, too, I found it over and over was take no thought. Take no thought to, you know, what you'll eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear or what you should carry with you on your journey. And so this concept was first introduced to me when Jesus is giving all of his disciples, his apostles, the authority to act in his name. And he's like, okay, you've watched me. I've performed all these miracles. I've taught these sermons you've learned from me. Now go take my exact words and go teach, go teach these things to other people. And they're kind of like, wait, seriously. And he said, yes. And actually not only that, but don't worry about what you're going to say. Take no thought on what you'll say or what you'll eat or what you'll wear. Don't bring extra money. Don't bring extra clothes. Don't try to practice before. Just go and trust that I'm going to take care of everything. And these guys are just looking at him like, uh, okay. And so as I'm reading this in different accounts in the four gospels, I keep seeing that theme pop up over and over. Take no thought. 
And in the meantime, in my life, there are so many situations with our personal life, with our business, with our finances, with just so many things where I'm looking at it going, wait a minute, how is this supposed to work? Like I'm trying to really believe that God's got all of this, but there's a lot of stuff to get worked out here. And I can't imagine in any world how this is all going to work out. But as I really went on this just huge radical faith trust journey with Jesus, man, I learned over and over where he was just like, see, I told you, I told you I got this. And there were, I remember there was a week where things got particularly hard. And I just felt like I was drowning in the weight of the world. There were so many things with uh, my marriage, with my husband and with work things. And like I said, finances, there just were like so many adult, big people problems that I was like, it's all coming crashing down and I don't know how to fix all the things all at once. It's kind of like, you know, when you see like a cartoon where, they're, they start trying to poke holes in something that's about to burst open and then they start running out of like fingers and arms. I don't know if you can per- picture that, but I can. And so I started to feel that way where I was like, I can't poke enough hole. Like I don't have enough arms and hands and fingers to stop all the leaks that are happening. And this, you know, dam is about to burst. And I remember sitting in the temple one week and feeling this way and just, going in with so much humility, asking God, like, how, how am I supposed to make all of this work? What am I supposed to like, please just tell me what to do. And I had this distinct impression that the Lord said to me, you asked me, you wanted to walk with me. You asked me to walk with you. And this is what walking with me looks like. And in that moment, I realized, wow, I really did ask for this. I really said like, okay, Jesus, I want to walk with you. I want to get to know you even better. I want to know what it's like to be your right hand woman. Like I want to know what it would have been like to be one of those disciples. And that's what I'm trying to do all the time is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so I feel like he stretched me to a lot of extremes that I've never quite experienced before. And some of the things finally at the end of the year, what's interesting is they are finally having more resolve, but there were times where I was like, this is impossible. There's no way this is going to work out. And then things would happen where I was like, wow, there is no denying that that was God. There is no denying that that was absolute 1 million percent divine intervention because there's no other explanation for how these things just fell perfectly into place, how we had exactly what we needed when we needed it. I just can't tell you how many times that happened over and over. And so as you're going into this new year and what I'm going to be doing, honestly, this next week, and you can do it with me is pray, seek, ponder, like really give yourself time to meditate and just listen and be still and think about, okay, I'm, I, for whatever Satan's trying to tell you that you failed at, you didn't. You're just learning. We're all just learning. We're all here to make mistakes on, that's part of the divine design so that we can learn from them. That's on purpose. And then take those learning experiences and get better and do better. And so 
what can you take from this last year where maybe you're saying to yourself, I want to be better in this area or gosh, I see someone else who has this, has this like, you know, there was a year. In fact, this is probably my very favorite of all of my gifts to Jesus was the year that I said, I feel really guilty that I don't have a burning testimony of the scriptures. Like they're just hard for me and I just kind of don't get it. And so I'm going to give this gift to Jesus where I'm going to really try to gain a testimony of the scriptures and read the scriptures. And here's another pointer that's really important for you to remember if you end up going on this gift to Jesus journey is that you don't have to nail it perfectly every day of the year or even every week or even every month. Because that year where I experienced this miracle, an absolute miracle with learning to love, and I mean deeply love and rely on and crave reading the scriptures, I went from being like, it's not my thing. I'm not a scriptorian. Like I had read verses of scripture where I was like, oh, I really felt the spirit when I read that. And I know that it's true, but there was no part of me that was like, yeah, I love reading my scriptures. I was always kind of like, they're really boring and I don't get it. (laughs) So that year that I said, okay, I really want to gain a testimony and I'm going to start reading my scriptures. I said that in January or whatever, maybe even Christmas day that year, but end of the year. And only a few days went by of me, you know, reading my scriptures every day, every morning before, or maybe it was, I think back then I was trying to do it right before I went to bed, which for me is really tough because that end of the day, my brain is just, you know, a pile of mush, but I was trying to read the scriptures every day and I got behind real fast. Like, I think the everyday thing lasted maybe three days, maybe five days, probably a lot like what a lot of people's gym goals look like. And you know, it just didn't last long. And then I kept, I like kind of try to dabble back into it, you know, maybe like once in March and then May or June. And then Neil and I got asked to be a Book of Mormon Trek Ma and Pa, which means that all the kids in our local church congregation went to like a youth camp and they dressed up like Book of Mormon characters and acted like they were characters in the Book of Mormon. Like they had little, almost like skits or plays. It wasn't a skit, like a funny skit. It was like they would act out scenes, like really pivotal scenes from the Book of Mormon. And I just remember like feeling the spirit so much. And these kids had all been challenged to read the entire Book of Mormon before they went to this trek. And so I was watching them and listening to them. And by the end, they just, they had a testimony meeting at the end. And these kids bore these just burning testimonies of the truthfulness of the Book of Mormon. And I went home going, I can't believe I don't have that yet. I was 28 years old and I had never fully read the Book of Mormon cover to cover, first of all. I mean, I had done it technically like in seminary. And I think once as a family, we like slowly, you know, like pioneers trudging across the plains in by foot. Like we had slowly, slowly read verses of the Book of Mormon until we could say we had read like start to finish, but I had never as a person who was just like, I want to know, like, I want to get it for myself, read it cover to cover with total intent to be like, I'm going to get into this and I'm going to see if it's true. And like I said, I had had little times here and there where I had felt the spirit reading a verse, but I had never been like, oh my gosh, this, like, I love this so much that I want to read it every day. So I went home 
and I got on my knees and I sincerely asked God. And remember, this is halfway through my year of promising that I was going to give this gift to Jesus to learn to love to read the scriptures. I went home and got on my knees and I said, Heavenly Father, I really want this. Like, I want that same testimony that those kids had. And I want to read this and just know for myself. So please, can you help me? And, you know, I feel like this is a really righteous desire. So help me to learn to love the scriptures. And I ended my prayer and the thought that came to me was, read it like a story, not like a textbook. That was the direct divine revelation that I got. And I was like, okay. So I opened it up. I pretended I had never seen it before. And I started to read it like a novel, like a story that I had never seen before. And the pages and the people and the stories just came alive to me. And it was actually truly miraculous what happened from that point on. I craved reading the Book of Mormon because I felt like, A, it was a superpower that I unlocked in my life where I would just plug into that power, that divine source of like having the Holy Ghost in my life because I would read the scriptures, specifically my scripture, the Book of Mormon, and just feel so connected to God first thing in the day. That was another game changer too, was doing it beginning of the day. But I would plug in, read the scriptures, and then just feel like the Holy Ghost was kind of like leading me all day long, like a spiritual GPS. And the other cool thing that happened was as I read those stories, I would see these parallels in my life where I would be like, oh, wait, I'm reading this story about this person, but that's happening to me too. Not exactly in the same way, but in a similar enough way that I can see where this applies to my life. And if you know the history of the Book of Mormon and all these other scriptures too in the Bible, they were written for us right now. The Bible tells us over and over that right now, is the time that we are preparing for Jesus to come again. And so these scriptures are written for this pivotal time in history where we need to get ready to welcome the Savior back. So what's so cool is reading the scriptures, I just kept feeling that energy, that like source of the Holy Ghost, just like lighting a fire in me to crave reading the Book of Mormon, to have the Holy Ghost lead me throughout my life. And it just was a miracle. It was a miracle to me that it changed from being something that I was like, yeah, I'm not into that. It's totally not my thing. <laughs> like I I want to, I wish I was like, that'd be so great, but I'm just not a scriptorian to being like, I have to read this every day because it is my lifeline to God. So the reason why I tell you that story, and I know I've talked about it before, but the reason why I bring it up again is because you might have this really like true, pure desire in your heart to do something and it might not happen right away. And you might not be really good at it at first. And you might not nail it the first, like I said, few days or weeks or months. It might take you partway through the year. And sometimes with these gifts to Jesus, the resolution hasn't come until the very end of the year. The The lesson, the bow, the thing that, that needs to happen hasn't come until the end of the year or sometimes even into the next year. But the refining process of feeling closer to God, closer to the Savior is profound and it happens all throughout the year as you're making like those little efforts to try to keep up with whatever that gift to Jesus is for the year. So I'm really excited to see what I end up picking for this next year because I have no idea. But I do know that 
two years ago when I chose to try to be of good cheer every day. Gosh, that lesson was not easy, but it truly changed my life to where I have so much confidence in my ability to wake up every day and choose my mindset, choose how I'm going to look at the world. And where I was literally physically incapable of leaving my bedroom without losing our baby. So I just had to sit in bed all day, every day for six months. I was really put to the test on that be of good cheer thing. And what it did was it gave me just amazing confidence in, yes, in my ability to choose, but also in my ability to lean on God and have him show me how to better be of good cheer and how to model that to my family and how to teach it by example. So what a beautiful gift that was two years ago, but then this last year, gosh, I just have really developed that muscle in a crazy radical way to where by the end of this year, I'm just like, hey, even if it doesn't look like it makes sense, if we felt right about it, then it's going to work. God's going to make it work. I feel maybe not quite as courageous as the 12 apostles that went out with no money and no extra clothes, which is kind of gross. If you, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I would have been like, are you sure I can't take an extra pair of underwear? But um, I feel like I'm I'm closer to that bravery and that courage that they must have had to say, okay, we won't take any money. We will not try to think about what we're going to say. We'll just trust that Jesus is going to make all of the things fall perfectly into place. We're going to find who we need to teach. We're going to know what to say. They're going to give us something to eat. We're going to, we won't even need money. And I feel like that too. I feel like in such a deeply trusting way, I want to give my life to Jesus even more and be like, okay, whatever you want me to do this year, I'll do it. And a lot of the things that we did this past year were not things that I, they were not even on my radar going into 2023. They were not even a thought. In fact, this whole code of free thing that I ended up doing, that happened because I was doing like an off the cuff story where I said, yeah, and in my recovery, I learned that it's okay to change your mind. And then a DM followed where someone said, wait, you said recovery so casually. What do you mean? And I was like, oh yeah, I forget that some people are new around here and they don't know that I'm in recovery from codependency. And so then the follow-up DM came, well, what's codependency? And so I taught for an entire month of May, every day in May about codependency. And then probably two thirds, maybe three quarters through that month, I started to realize like, oh, I think I'm supposed to teach this and I'm supposed to put together like a full program where I teach people about codependency and I walk them through the whole process that I went through that took me you know, the last decade to figure out. And none of this was a plan for me. This wasn't on my radar. This wasn't something that I was planning. But as I saw that full thing come together and then, you know, led the women that, and it's for men too, if a man happens to be listening to this, but it just so happened that it was a group of women that I led through that program and, and we did that boot camp and saw the testimonials that came back in and the change that happened for so many people. I was like, okay, hey, this clearly, not only was it not my idea, but it was so divinely inspired for me to just take that and run with it. And, and so whatever is supposed to happen this year is going to happen, not because I'm so amazing or because 
I eat Wheaties or some, you know, great box of cereal or whatever. It is because if there's any success that I've ever had in my life, and if there's anything that has ever worked out, it's, yeah, like I work hard, but really, really, it's because I have that trust with God and I let him make the calls. I am, I feel like he's my business partner and Neil feels this exact same way too. He'd be echoing this if he were here with me. That's why we do this podcast. That's why we do even the deals, even the Mintero deals. Like that is why we do what we do because from the very beginning, like God has led every little piece of this journey. And so this is going to look different for you. Like I, maybe your version of delivering 3000 babies and not losing a mother or baby, that's going to be a different gift for you than it's going to be for me where you know, I'm teaching people about codependency and taking these just bitterly sour lemons where I would have multiple days where I would just feel like I don't even want to live anymore. I'm so miserable in the grasp of addiction and my husband's addiction and how it's just destroying my life and controlling my life and then learning to work with that and then being able to teach that to others and even just being able to teach it over and over in the capacity that I do for free on Instagram all the time. And being able to do podcasts here where I share things that I've learned, like all of this has happened because God rolled out a whole plan for my life and said, okay, if you want to partner with me, I'm going to show you the way. And I've got some really cool things in store for you. And he has that for you too. He has things planned for you in 2024 that you're specifically supposed to do that nobody else can do. Not your neighbor, your sister, your friend your mom doesn't know about it. Your spouse doesn't know about it. Like it's, it's you, it's all you. And they are so uniquely designed for your learning in life. And also for all of the service that you're going to do for other people, because that's what this is all about too, is helping each other out, helping each other to get back home. Right? So as you think about this gift that you're going to give Jesus. If you decide to do this with me, just be open, be open to whatever it is. And it might surprise you. The prompting that you get might really shock you because there have been years where I'm like, wait, is that really it? It seems kind of random. I would say that the more random it is, the more likely that it came from God and not your own head. If it feels like it kind of came out of left field, like just go with it. Unless it, I mean, unless it's something like really (laughs) not, you know, if it's like destructive or something, don't do that. But if it feels like the type of thing that, okay, maybe that came from God. And even if it seems just crazy, like not something you would normally have planned or not something that probably you would have thought of, like the be of good cheer thing, or, you know, let's walk with Jesus this year. Like I, I can tell you what, I never would have guessed that walking with Jesus, reading those gospels in depth and studying them over and over would have led me on the journey that we went on this past year where I just so many nights I went to sleep going, okay, instead of worrying myself to death, I'm just going to surrender, give it to God and just trust, fully trust. And just that thought just kept coming up in my mind. It would pop in my head all the time. And I would see it in the scriptures over and over. Take no thought. Like I've got this. Consider the lilies. (laughs) So whatever that is for you, I'm excited for you to discover that and then just discover what it's like to work with Jesus and have him be your tutor, have him be your private tutor in the game of life to say, hey, 
this is what I have in store for you. And it's incredible and amazing. And it's meant just perfectly for you. If you'll just trust me and we'll do it together. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. We're so grateful that you spent time with us today. Make sure you go follow us at Corinne Stoko or at Mint Arrow Messages on Instagram. And then if you have a second and you love the show, I would love it so much if you'd leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. That's the only way people can find out about us if they haven't heard about us before. So just go tap the stars, leave a rating or a review. If you have a second, we would appreciate it so much. 